Yeah. Okay. We spoke on, oh gosh, it must be five times. Um, as I was getting it together, I got all my different sermons on computer, and I entitled it A New Thing. I thought, oh, that sounds good. I checked on my computer. I got five preachers called The New Thing, and they're all different. So they can't all be new, but the subject is so big that you can always find something new on it because God is a God who creates. He is always doing something new constantly. And I want to read some, some verses from Lamentations. And you, you will know these verses once I start reading them. But as, as we're reading them, Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 19, 20, 21, 22, all the way down to 25. As I was reading them, it reminded me of us as a church. Because Jeremiah is, is speaking here. And he was called the, the weeping prophet. And he would lament over the state of, of his nation. And he would weep over, over Israel. And he was saying here that they feel homeless because they were, they were taken captive. They feel homeless. They were suffering loss. They were grieving. And as I was reading through it, I thought, well, we can relate to that a little bit. In case you don't know, the church building where we were last year burnt to the ground. Um, a lot of us stood there with tears in our eyes just watching it. And we were homeless for about 24 hours before God provided this place. And we were suffering loss. So this is what the weeping prophet Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations 3.19. The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. It never ceases. His mercy never ceases. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. The Lord is good to those who depend on Him, to those who search for Him. So I thought as I was reading this, and I'm going to say it to you right now, where He said, I still dare to hope, and I will remember this. Can we dare to hope and remember that God is good? And we've sung it already. He is good. And He provides, even though we are homeless, even though we might have suffered loss, even though we are grieving, those who depend on Him and search for Him, His mercies and His faithfulness are new every single day. Every day. So today, you have new mercies and new faithfulness from God and new love poured upon you. You see, I was talking this week to some people as they just passed through my office, come in, and we prayed together and, and a few different things, and we were talking about the church and, and how, go back, say, two or three years, and we had this vision, didn't we, that we wanted to put a, a, a floor in, and we wanted to move our worship area upstairs in, in, the, in the old building, and it was going to be brand new, and it was going to be fantastic. And as we were thinking about this and wanted to do this, the rest of the building would have been the same, wouldn't it? I don't know if many of you knew, 
Some of you did. We did have rats in the basement. Did you know that? I'm telling you now because they're gone now. <laughs> At the time, I didn't want to mention it. We'd send the kids downstairs. Go on, kids, downstairs, play with the rats. We did actually lose two or three children down there. Rats run away with them, Olive. They were that big. But that, that was the rest of the building. And we would have been in there. We would have a nice new top, a nice new worship area. But the rest of the building would have still been mm, a little bit mm, rank. And do you know what God says? At that time, he said, I don't do patched up. I don't do hodgepodge jobs. I've got something better in store for you. And as I was looking through these preachers that I'd done about four or five years ago, one of the things that I read in there really struck home to me. And I wrote this back in November 2015. That's four years ago. Nearly three and a half years ago now, isn't it? Nearly, just about. Do your maths, I don't know. I'm not very good with numbers. But it was 2015. I wrote these words. I'm going to read them word for word. Right? I felt God was saying this. If you keep looking, you will see it. I will show it to you. If we keep searching God's heart and his will, he will show us the new thing. And we will perceive it. And it will be produced. If we turn our eyes away from him and get distracted, we will never see what he has in store for us. The Lord has gone before us to prepare something for us. I wrote those words down. Little did I know at the time that God had already moved into June of 2018. And he's moved into February of 2019. And he knew that I would be standing here going, wow, what's God doing? So in the future, when we were back then, he had this in store for us. That church was going to be burnt to the ground. And he said, I'm going to do a new thing. Not a patched up thing. Not a hodgepodge job with some rats running downstairs. I'm going to have a brand new thing for you. Didn't uh, Lawrence last week talk about preparing? We've got to prepare the ground. We have to prepare our hearts. You've got to prepare for new. New has to be prepared for. So this interim period that we have is a preparing time. And I'm sure that we're going to go into that new building at different people. We might look the same, but we will be stronger. We will be freer. We will be more powerful. We will be walking closer. We may have some new faces, but we will be a powerful new people walking into a new thing which God has prepared for us. Now, my wife is, is on about, I'm nothing bad I'm going to say, Karen, because as soon as I say my wife, she goes, oh. <laughs> my wife wants to redecorate the whole house. That's what wives do. I've done one bedroom. We got every other room to do now. But you have to prepare, you have to strip wallpaper. You have to rip carpet up. You have to dismantle perfectly good wardrobes and throw them out. 
But there has to be a preparation. Because you can't bring the new in and plonk it on top of the old. The old has to go. And when you strip the wallpaper, that's it. You're committed, aren't you? You're into it. Once you've ripped the carpet up, you're into it. You're committed. There's no going back. And this is what God is looking for in our lives. He says, as you talk about new, I want to see commitment. I want to see you strip that carpet out. I want to see you get rid of some things. I want to see you strip the wallpaper off. Because when I see that, I know you're committed to it. You're committed to the new. But then the thing is with, with new, I'll tell you something, a, a secret about new stuff, right? New stuff, this is, I don't know if anybody knows this, right? Take a note on this. New stuff eventually becomes old stuff. So you can't live off the new all the time. Because that stuff will eventually become new. And my wife, in two years' time, will want to redecorate the whole house again. I know, I could keep saying to my wife, and I say this all the time, just because I said I'll do it, you don't have to keep nagging me every six months. Preparation is exciting, isn't it? Actually, when you get down to it, it's good. And you have the new wallpaper come on, and you have perhaps, and everything. I tell you a secret. When I've just decorated my daughter's bedroom, I just like to go in there and have a look at it. I feel, I feel good about it, you know? There's that new smell, you know? I don't do this while you're in bed or anything, Dal. It's just, you know, just, oh. There's that new carpet smell, the new, the paint. There's something good and fresh about new stuff. There's an expectation when you're getting it ready, isn't it? Are our hearts expecting new? Are you, are you excited for the new? Because the Lord said, I've got something new for you tomorrow. In fact, I've got something new for you today. Have you received it? Have you received it? Because it's there for you. We have to prepare. We have to position ourselves for new. How do you position yourself for new? And I, I thought about this for a little while when I wrote it down. You know, there are positions of worship in Scripture. And they can be positions of expectation. You know, with our arms in the air is a position of surrender. If you want new in your life, you've got to surrender it to God. There's a position of, of worship in Scripture where you would curl up in a ball on your knees before God. That's a, a position of humility. If you are new in your life from God, you have to be humble before Him. There's a position of, of our hands together when we pray or when we clap or when we do this. It's a position of, of worship, of praise, and of prayer. If you are new in your life, you've got to get praying. You've got to get praising. There's a position of worship of, of our arms reaching out. And that is a, a position of receiving. Are you ready to receive what God has got for you? There's a position in Scripture, and the psalmist talks about it a lot, of running to Him, pursuing Him. If you are new in your life, you need to pursue Him. So how's your position? Have you positioned yourself for new? Are you expecting new? 
Because God has got new for you every single morning. His mercies are new. His faithfulness is new. His love and everything he has for you is new. Have you changed, have you changed your position for the worst? And we can do this so easily. We can change our position so that we, we're not in a position to receive or to, or to be humble before him or to surrender. And we've changed the position so that we, we don't see anything new. In fact, we don't see anything. And we can get to that position sometimes when we get a bit cold, when we don't feel the Lord moving. We don't, we don't see him as we used to. We don't hear him as we used to. I would say to you, if you're in that position, change position. Get before him. You know, new appeals to us, doesn't it? Old is okay, but new is exciting. You know, when we get a new car or a new house or a new baby or something new, it's, wow, this is exciting. This is new. It appeals to human nature. Why does new appeal to human nature? New appeals to human nature because God is a creative God. He is always creating. He takes nothing and makes it something. He takes chaos and makes beauty and order. New things appeal to every part of our senses. To see something new. To hear something new. New music. To see something new for the first time. To hear something new for the first time. You'll be hearing babies crying in the night for the first time. But it's fantastic. It's like music when it first starts. After a while it gets a bit monotonous. But Smells. When you smell something for the first time. Ah, awesome. Feel and taste. All of these things. New appeals to our senses. Why? Because God is a creative God. He never stops. It says that Jesus is like that living, bubbling water. It's fresh. It's new. Constantly. Get excited about God. The psalmist said this, David. Psalm 31 and verse 19. I'm reading it from the message. He said, what a stack of blessings you have piled up for those who worship you. Ready and waiting for all who run to you. That word blessings means treasures. Set aside means laid up. It's there, ready for you. You have treasures laid up by God for you today. Do you want them? Because tomorrow they won't be there. There'll be, some, there'll be new ones, but the ones you've got today will be gone. And sometimes we leave things behind that God has got ready for us. Instead of saying, Lord, I want all you've got for me today. I want to be everything I can be to you today. I want to surrender my life before you today. I want to kneel before you today. I want to worship before you today. I want to position myself for everything you've got for me today. Then he's able to pour out. Because what he has for you today will be different to tomorrow. Remember the manna in the wilderness? It was for the day. If they tried to store it or keep it, it would go moldy. The next day they couldn't use it. His blessings are new every morning. His mercies are new. They're not old. They're not old ones freshened up. Well, brother, I had a blessing 10 years ago. Oh, my word. 
That's how people say things when they had blessings 10 years ago. You could say, well, I had a blessing last week. Oh, my word. Those preachers over the last two weeks have been fantastic. What have we got now? I haven't preached the last two weeks. We had AG in, and then we had Lawrence. I tell you what, those blessings are gone. It's today. God is looking at today. You know, God is not a God who is a God of the past. Yes, he is a God of the past, but we don't. We got to look forward. Paul said, I'm looking forward. I'm running the race. The race, I'm going forward. Learn from the past, but I don't look behind, he said. I'm going forward. It's exciting. I want what he's got for me today. You can't live off that blessing 10 years ago. You can't live off that blessing five years ago, one year ago. I want to live off what you got for me today, God. Every day, he has something new. You know, the Lord's nature, his actual character, is to create. And when you create, it's new. It's always something new. The theme throughout Scripture is new. Even at the end of time, and we were looking at this in our link group this week, Revelation 21 and verse 5. Behold, Jesus says, the Lamb, behold, I make all things new. Even at the end of time, when everything comes to an end and, and we are all in glory on, and whatever, God, He says, I'm going to do a new thing. He's not satisfied with just saying, wow, wasn't that good what you just thought? I'm going to make a new thing. And He uses those words. I love that word. Behold. It's not just, come and have a look. It's, Behold. It's, it's gaze upon this with amazement type, isn't it? It's, can you really see this? Behold what I'm doing. I love that. Why? Because God is a God who will never stop bringing new things. He will never stop creating. And if he does that, he has something for you every single day. And it's all through Jesus. Everything. The scripture says that all things were created through him and for him. That's why when we come to this table, that's why it gets emotional. It gets very spiritual because it's all through him. It's all for him. And that's why when we talk about worshiping, we strip it back because it's not about the, the pianist. It's not about the singers. It's, not about, it's, a, it's about him. Our, our worship should be new and fresh, just like his, his blessings for us are new and fresh. He introduced new birth. Paul called it new creation. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. It's new birth. You see, before our, our spirit comes alive inside us, we are body and soul, and our body and soul dominate for most of our life until we accept Jesus Christ into our life. And then our spirit comes alive, and we're body, soul, and spirit. And you've heard me say it before, but it's a great sort of eye-opener, image, if you like. 
your body and your soul are just carrying on. And, you know, you could be middle-aged, you could be a teenager. And all of a sudden, you accept Jesus Christ into your life. And your spirit, which is lying dormant or dead, comes alive. Ooh, starts walking around. And the body and the soul go, who are you? And the spirit says, well, I'm your spirit. I'm in charge now. And the body's going, no, 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 no. No, we're in charge. We've been here longer than you. We know what we're doing. You just leave it to us. The spirit goes, no, no, no. I'm in charge. But do you know what it comes down to? Who do we put in charge? Are you walking in the spirit or are you walking in the flesh? Because inside us there is a war constantly between the flesh and the spirit. And our spirit is that new part of us. Our spirit is the part that connects with God. Our spirit is the part that has that relationship with God constantly. And so that's the, that's the part of us that we need to strengthen. And that's the part of us that is renewed every single day, this, the Bible says. That your spirit is renewed and made new. It actually means made new, not just renewed, but made new, strengthened, new, newness every day. So that your spirit is in charge, not your flesh. Why does he want to give us new things? Why does he want to give us new and exciting things? Blessings every day. Why? Because he's a good father. We've already sung it. He is good. And he wants to give good gifts. Matthew 7 and verse 9. Let's have a look. Let's read. Matthew 7, verse 9 to 11. Jesus speaking. If you parents, oh sorry, he said, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you, as were sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? You see, God doesn't have to be persuaded. He doesn't have to be appeased in any way. He wants to give good gifts to you. He wants to give you new things every day because he's a good God. It's because of love. It's because he loves you so much. But you have to be part of the family. If you're a, ch a child of God, it says. You know, I love, I love all, most kids, but I give the best gifts to my kids. Sounds a bit selfish, but that's the way it works, isn't it? You have to be part of the family of God. Romans 8 and verse 14 down to 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when He adopted you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba, Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. This means we have an inheritance, something special, because we've become children adopted into his family when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And he wants to give us good gifts because he's a good father. You see, a rich young ruler came to Jesus. Read about it in Luke 18. 
And he said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? What must I do? You see, it's not a matter of, of, of doing something. It's a matter of being something. It's not a matter of doing. It's a matter of being a child of God. There's nothing good that we can do. There's nothing that we can do. Just accepting Jesus Christ into our heart and our life, becoming part of his family. It's what we do. Jesus talked about new wine. He said, you don't put new wine into old wineskins. He said, because that new wine is still fermenting and it will split the wineskins. He said, you put new wine into new wineskins so that they can expand together. This doesn't mean that only the, the new or the young Christians can have God's blessing. It doesn't mean that. Even if you're a little bit more mature, like myself, we too can experience the new. Thank you, Arthur. Arthur's considerably older than me. As long as you are willing to change, as long as you're willing to accept the new, and that perhaps some of the old ways, some of the old things that you've got, say, I don't need that anymore. I want to prepare for something new. I'm going to strip the wallpaper. I'm going to rip the carpet up. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to be expectant for the new thing. And that doesn't mean the new fad that's coming out of America, all right? It's the real thing. Yeah, I like, I like the new thing, but I like the real thing. I want Jesus, and I want everything. I don't want to be unbendable. I don't want to be old. I don't want to be stale. Those that are planted by that river. It says that in their old age, they will become pliable, bendable, whatever the word is, flexible. I don't feel so flexible when I'm trying to get out of my car, I've got to be honest. But that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about our spirit. Are we willing for the new? Isaiah 40, verse 30 and 31. Verse 31 says this, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Verse 30 said, Even youths become weak and tired, and young men will fall into exhaustion. But then it bypasses the youths and, and the young men. It says, But... Anyone, those, that means anybody, those who wait and trust in the Lord will find new strength. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter how old you are. It just says, get close to the Lord. Trust Him. Adopt that position of trust, of humility, of worship, and you will find new strength. They will soar on, on wings of eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Don't become a slave to tradition. Don't become a slave to routine. Because he wants to do a new thing. And if we are trapped in an old thing, it's difficult to get out. I want new things. Recently, Karen and I were in Spain while you were here in all that snow and rain and wind and cold. We were sat in 21 degrees of heat. It's gone now, mind. But in the house that we were in, the, the owner said, oh, there's a lovely rooftop. If the sun comes out, go up onto the rooftop. You can look out over the Mediterranean, just down over the beach area. I thought, oh, that sounds fantastic. So one morning, Karen and I, I went up first just to test it out. I had to text her to say it was okay. So I went up onto the rooftop. It was nice and warm. Text her. It's lovely up here. Bring a cup of tea. So up she comes. I, all I had was my Bible, 
had some worship music in my ears from my phone, just iPad, making some notes, just waiting on God. I normally do this in my study or perhaps at home. This was a new experience for me. Looking out over the Mediterranean, all of a sudden I could see God's creation before me. I was looking at different views. I had a different experience. And because I'd repositioned myself, and because I was in a different position, having a new experience, I was expecting something from God, and, and he, didn't, he did deliver. I just sat there and I thought, oh, thank you, Lord. And there was tears running down my eyes as I was in worship. I was trying to write stuff down that, that God was just dropping into my heart. All because I, I, I changed the routine. Yeah, it was a spiritual routine, but it was also a, a physical routine that I got stuck into. And yeah, it was okay. It was a good habit. But I even changed my good habit and something incredible happened. You know, sometimes we can be walking along and it's, it's a great walk. But sometimes God says, oh, just, just walk over here for a bit. I got something new for you. And we're, no, no, I'm, this is the way I do it. This is the way I do things. And Karen came up and she brought the cup of tea and she sat down and she put some worship music on as she started reading the word. And I said to her, wow, this is fantastic. And I was telling her what, what I had from God. And she had something completely different from God. Because he talks to us personally. Although we were both in the same place, looking at the same view, thinking that we were having the same experience, she had a totally different experience with God than I did. Why? Because he's got so much stacked up for us. You just need to change position sometimes. Change your outlook sometimes. Say, Lord, I want this new thing. What have you got for me? What have you got for me? He makes you laugh when others are frowning. He makes you dance when others have feet made of lead. He makes you joyful when others are disappointed. He's got something new for you. Dr. Billy Graham said this. Being a Christian is more than just instantaneous conversion. It's a daily process whereby you grow to be more and more like Christ. And just in conclusion, I, I just wonder, are we, can we sing that good Father, good, good, you are good God, that one? You can't do it now, can you? Good one. Yeah, a good one. God has wonderful things for you. He has new mercies. He has new grace. He has new blessings. He has new responsibilities for you. He has new conquests for you. He has new faith to strengthen the faith that you already have. He has new people to come into your sphere of influence. He has something new for you. Are you in a position to receive the new? If we can just sing that song again and make it your prayer.